I'm going to speak to you on today is relevant to every person in the room because we all use email all of the time to get things done. And I send a lot of emails. Um, Mark Cuban believes the biggest waste of human life is sitting in long meetings. Elon Musk thinks the same thing. And Mark Cuban believes that you can get almost anything done you want to get done in a meeting. You can just say it in the email and he can handle it then when he's on a flight or at 4 a.m. in the morning or on a weekend if he feels like it and not be on a long Zoom call hearing someone verbally talk, and then he has to think in real time with something smart to say back. If it takes more deep thought, he'll take deep thought and answer when he wants to. If it's not important to him, he doesn't have to audio listen to it. He can skim it and say, no, not important to me. Right? So he loves email. So do I. And so I'm going to go over um, some lessons that we've learned, because if you go to my Gmail and go to the sense folder, the emails that I've written myself, not by my team, not for email broadcasts, is over 150,000 emails the last 15 years. Um, and so I'm going to provide you with five insights after writing 150,000 emails um, that I think will be relevant to most people here. Um, throughout the rest of the day, don't forget how you get an ROI, ROI out of being here, strategies, structures, peers, CoGP, JV, um, being inspired by somebody, meeting a new investor, figuring out how to raise money from big investors, even if you don't succeed with one here today. And you heard everyone on stage just said, don't come here and ask me for a check today. Come here and build a relationship or tell me why you're unique and we'll keep in touch and get to know each other. Okay, so that means the last 15 years, including weekends, I sent 27.4 emails on average per day since I started the business. So uh, we've been communicating with a lot of people. I took screenshots here so you didn't think it was just made up for a nice, you know, made up number or estimate of a number. That is the exact number as of, as of four days ago. So you know how prepared I was writing my speeches early this year. Um, so here are the five insights. One, nobody owes you a response to your email. Some people say, oh, I reached out to 30 people on Whova and only 10 wrote me back. Uh, as if it's our job to force everyone to reply to your messages. I don't know what you wrote them. I don't know what you named your company. I don't know if you wrote them an essay. I don't know if you wrote them three words. I don't know if you pitched them for a $50 million deal before asking how you could add value to them, right? I don't know any of those things. We always tell people, we have, we have a lot of horses that drink water, and they like different types of water and different amounts of water. And we have a lot of horses in the community, but we can't force feed them your water. We can't make them drink your water, right? It's your job to purify your water and find crystal clear, fresh, cold water. Uh, that's different than other people's water that they might want to drink. Um, so we know we have the horses. There's no shortage of capital, um, but you know whether it's the type they're looking for. So and and there's no obligation of that. If you're using our databases, these are not only family offices that know us in the databases. These are family offices that exist on planet Earth and have made their contact details public. So some of those family offices. Some of those family offices know us. Um, some have heard of us and don't know us. Uh, some don't know us at all. We just want it so that when you get on an airplane and you travel to Fort Lauderdale, you can look and see who else is in South Florida and add a couple more meetings to your meeting agenda. And then that way you make a more productive trip out of that and build a real relationship. That's the way to use a database is build real relationships. And that's the point of coming to an event is build a real relationship, not to try to close somebody uh, right now here today. And the same goes with phone calls, text messages, et cetera. No, one, no one's obligated to reply. So you have to think, how do I make it so they can't help but reply. It's in their best interest to reply because what I'm telling them is going to be so helpful to them that they're like, oh, out of all the messages coming at me, that is the most helpful message that I got today. And an example of that is when I moved to Arizona, I found someone who had 19 uh, locations. So I went to go get my car serviced, and I liked their business model of subscription. And I said, oh, that's interesting business. I went to their website. They had 19 locations. 
I forgot who the owner was, LinkedIn messaged them and then said, I have an investment structure so that every time you open a new location, you don't get diluted uh, on your equity and you could raise the capital you need. And I emailed both of the brothers who owned the business cold on LinkedIn. They both messaged me back the exact same day to have a phone call, not knowing the other brother had a bit message as well. And I wrote them a sentence and a half. I talked to them. Turns out they had sold their business for over $100 million to Goldman recently, and they were starting another platform. And so this is an example of getting a centimillionaire to reply to a cold message the first week you're in a new city is by adding value to them. We talk about that all the time. Number two is be concise. There's a story um, in the marketing world and copywriting world that Eben Hagen taught me that if you want something really powerful, you need to get rid of all the noise and all the fluff and just get right to the meat of it all um, and, and really get the, the sizzle out there. And so um, there's, a, there's a line in the copywriting world, the writing world, that says, oh, I'm sorry I wrote such a long message. I didn't have more time to make it more concise. In other words, let me just throw up on this piece of paper and tell you a whole bunch of stuff and then you can take a lot of your time reading it to figure out what we're doing. If you don't know what you're doing and you can't say it in a sentence, you're dead because no one else is going to try to figure out what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing. And sometimes at a workshop, I'll teach that on stage at a five and a half hour workshop. I'll talk about it for 15 minutes. Someone will come up at the end of the event and I'll say, oh, what do you do? They say, oh, we do this, but we also do this, and we kind of do that, and sometimes we do this, and they keep on talking and talking and talking. And if you can't summarize what you do in a single sentence that's super crystal clear and compelling, how do you expect them to communicate it to their spouse when they say, hey, we're going to hire $300,000 to this industrial real estate or this stem cell therapy center or to their investment committee or their investment partner or their analyst, right? So super basic. A lot of people do not get that right. It just doesn't do you justice uh, if you have a lot of experience. The next one, uh, add value first. You know, we talked about that on the example of no one owing you uh, a response, but that goes for in the stage and just in general. It's just going to get you uh, a lot more traction faster. And when you write the one-liner about your company, don't say we've been in business for nine years um, and we are the best in the industry. Those words don't mean anything, like we heard on the one-pager, one-liner panel. Have your one-liner be about how you're serving them, how you're adding value to them, um, and then they're more likely to respond. Number four, this came up two or three times already in the event, is that the trust and the context wrapped around your message is more powerful than even the words you say. So if you got to meet for breakfast today with Michael Jordan and he gave you some advice, you would be super attentive and the trust and the respect that would come from listening to whatever came out of his mouth is just so incredibly high that it almost matters more than the words he's saying. And so how someone got to know you, the context around you, the environment you meet with them in, the context through which they see you, changes everything dramatically. So if somebody comes to me and they've been to one of our events and they had watched our 14-module mini-series on how to start a family office and they read my book on how to start a family office um, and then we have a conversation, it is night and day different than somebody introducing me at somebody else's event, not my event, to somebody who's ultra-wealthy and the person's like, oh, what do you do? Are you a wealth manager? And then they're standoffish, and it's almost not even worth having a conversation. It almost doesn't matter what comes out of my mind, and I have to be really good at using one sentence to say, like, ask what business they're in, and then point out how I could save them equity from dilution, or point out how I could help them double their deal flow or acquire a strategic choke point. And if I don't get them in the first minute, like, they're just mentally gone, probably. So that, that trust context through which people get to know you and first experience who you are 
uh, completely changes everything. And that's why branding and positioning is really important. When we invest in dental clinics, we talk about how we're the number one largest social media platform in dentistry with Dental Club with 375,000 members. And when we have a booth at a dental clinic group, it's Dentist Investors LLC, and you go to dentistinvestors.com. There's no confusion over, oh, what's a family office club? You set up offices in people's basements or something? Like, that would just throw them. No dentist knows what a family office is unless they've sold their dental practice or, or whatnot, right? So number five here, um, most meetings can be replaced by technology to get a lot done faster. And we get a ton done through WhatsApp uh, audio messages, through Slack audio messages. And I've just found that some clients highly appreciate that fluid method of doing business versus like every time you want to talk to them, you want to get on a Zoom call or a phone call. Some people just do not have time for that. And it's just painful. And they say, oh, no, I'd really prefer. Some people will say, well, I need to see the deal over email first. No, I really need to have a phone call. And they just demand it's over a phone call. And then it's just like, okay, well, then I guess it's a pass. If you literally are not able to write down what you do or what it is, then why should I invest my time in, in listening to it? This, this might be a waste of both of our times, and I could save you that time by scanning it in 30 seconds and telling you that that's not an area for us, and we're happy to keep you in mind. So after writing all these emails, those are five insights that have really helped me um, move faster, get more done, and execute on a lot with our 25-person team. So I hope you find some of those helpful. 